Blog Talk Radio. I'm talking to you today from the subject, The Power of a Made-Up Mind. Repeat the subject after me. The power, the power. of a made-up mind. Made mind. This church, this ministry are a school. The power of a made-up mind. The text is found in Psalm 57 and 7. Repeat it after me as I shall read it. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. My heart is fixed. I will sing. I will sing. And give praise. And give praise. I will quote from Reverend Ike, the seventh chapter and the fourteenth verse. Repeat it after me. If you want to be something, if you want to be something, to do something, or to have something, first, get it in your mind. Make it up in your mind. First. For a moment, I would like to use a bit of what they taught me in the theological cemetery, I mean seminary, and pay homage to just a bit of homiletics and hermeneutics. Homiletics being the science and the art of delivering a religious address. Hermeneutics, the science of scriptural interpretation. The word heart, as used in the scripture we just read, my heart is fixed, indicates the deeper mind, the subconscious level of mind, where thoughts, moods, attitudes, and ideas settle down and determine your destiny. So then the heart is the deeper mind, the subconscious level of mind, where your thoughts, moods, attitudes, ideas, and beliefs settle down, and from there they determine your destiny. The scripture goes on to say, my heart is fixed. The word fixed here indicates settled in the mind. Fixed indicates the state of having a matter made up in the mind. Now here is a statement that I want you to latch on to. Because it is something that every one of you have and some of you may not be aware of it and I want to make you aware of it. Here it is. You have the God-given power to make up and create in your mind whatever good you desire. I'm going to put it in the first person and have you repeat it after me. 
I'm not interested in simply an intellectual exercise in my messages. I want to impress this upon your subconscious soul. There is a lot of purposeful repetition. Repeat this after me, please. I have. I have. And I want you to say it with your hands, with your voices. That alerts your subconscious mind that there's some good stuff coming that you want it to catch. I have, I have, the God-given power, the God-given power, to make up, to make up, to create, to create, in my mind, in my mind, whatever good, whatever good, I desire, I desire. I want you to think of this making up of the mind and making up something in the mind in a sense of making up dough to make biscuits or cookies or whatever. I'm going to repeat this again with you. And this time I want you to call your name. Instead of saying I, if your name is Susie Jones, I want you to say Susie Jones. If it's Henry Brown, I want you to call your name and then follow it with this statement. I, I call your name, I have the God-given power, God power to make up, to, make up, to, create, to create in my very own mind, very own mind whatever, good, whatever good I desire. I desire. Now, here's another statement. Just listen to this. Once you make up, fix, and settle what you want in your mind, then the God in you will bring it to pass. As a person, it is your business to make up, to fix, to settle what you want in your mind. This is so important. Too many people complain, Oh, Reverend, I'm not getting anything out of life. Well, what have you made up in your mind? Ladies and gentlemen, you're only going to get out of life what you make up your mind to have. I spoke in Los Angeles some years ago at the Scottish Rite Auditorium on this subject. And a couple of young men saw me on the street the next day and said, Oh, Reverend Ike, that was some good stuff you talked about yesterday. And as soon as we get some money, why, we can do that. <laughs> Let me give you a shocker. It doesn't cost one cent to make up your mind. Say that with me. It doesn't cost one cent to make up your mind. You can be penniless, as my mother would say, as poor as Job's turkey. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, things begin to happen the moment you make up your mind.
The power of a made-up mind is the power of God in you. And you turn on the power of God in you by making up your mind. I said a moment ago that I could have still been in South Carolina sitting on a log in the woods saying, poor black me. I've told you time and time again. My mother taught school in one room, seven grades. I and my mother walked to school every day four miles. And four miles back, she got the princely sum of $65 a month. I remember one time my mother showed me $700 cash that she had saved over the years. I don't know how she did it. But she had made up her mind. I'm tired of walking these four miles to school every day and back for just $65 a month. And she took me in those $700, went to the next big town, which was Savannah, Georgia, and ordered concrete blocks and built a store in the front yard. And she operated that store until she passed on. But where did that begin? It began when she made up her mind that she wanted to do better. Many days as we walked those dusty and sometimes muddy roads, people would pass in their cars and splash mud on us. Busting was not an issue in those days. <laughs> they rode the bus and left the walking to us. <laughs> and you know I'm not a racist. I'll have to say this if somebody's here for the first time. I'm not a racist. The only color I have any respect for is green. And if you get enough of that, people won't care what color your face or anything else is. Anyway, I could have cursed those people riding in those cars. I could have become a rabid racist.
Hi, peace, everybody. What's going on? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Truth Tuesday Show with your host, Akeem L. here on Hindsight Radio, the information station changing the nation. Hope everybody's doing good. Myself, family, we're all doing good here. Uh, the new additions, the two pups, <laughs> they're doing great as long as you're feeding them. Um, so, oh. Um, Hope everybody else is doing good. Um, hope you're achieving all of the goals that you set out to at the beginning of the year. We are winding down it's September. Well, shoot, it's almost October, a few more days. Um, and we'll be into a new new year, doing another ritual. Remind you, we're doing another ritual. Midnight, December 31st. Well, 11.30 p.m. Um, I think well, I usually start around 11, 11 p.m. December the 31st. What day is that going to be? Oh, well, what day is that? The 31st is a Saturday. Oh, that's good, man. Shoot. That's good. It's on a Saturday, 31st. Man, I like that. Last time it was on a um, a Friday, so it's a Saturday, man. We gotta throw a nice little party, it, it real make it a real a real good celebration. We gotta plan it. It's, it's already October, so we got time to plan a good one, All right? Um, tonight, what are we gonna talk about? We're gonna talk about terminating that W four. How do you do it? very simple. They actually tell you in the law, but I'm going to read it, break it down, uh, help you understand it better. But first, I always got to do my, my, my teaching, my preaching, my uplifting and helping you see things by way of the scriptures with a more personalized approach where these scriptures apply to you. When it's talking about the Lord, when it's talking about him and uh, Christ, they're talking about you. They're not talking about anyone else but you. Of course, they wrote it in third-person mode, and they wanted you to see, oh, I got to look out there, and I got to look at this image of, this deity that could come in and solve all my issues. All I had to do was believe in him and he'll, he'll take care of everything in due time. Meaning he'll do it at a later date. And that whole teaching and that whole approach contradicts itself. Cause on one hand it says, don't worry Everything's going to be taken care of. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Do all of these things. It's just going to just it's going to come now. Then on the other hand, it tells you, wait. It's you know it's just going to show up because all you got to do is believe in this guy who's somewhere out there, some higher power, however you want to put it, is going to come in and he's going to orchestrate your salvation. And all you got to do is believe in him. Believe in on him. And, it, and half of that is true. Half of that's true. 
And it tells you to love and this deep, this, 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 this God. Love him with your whole heart, whole mind. Love, 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 and they always personify it as a the masculine, him, he. They refer to him as the man upstairs. Issue, the issue is no one has ever showed you the proof of the man upstairs. Just like a lot of these teachers, no one ever showed you true proof that they discharged the house. And did a, it, it, it's, it's similar in how it, the approach. But when you make, when you read the Bible and make it apply to you, make, put yourself in those stories as if they're talking about you, then you will see the truth. If you make thine eyes single, meaning you make it look at you and you alone and how you fit into this, then the truth is revealed. So let's go. Let's go in. Let's share the screen. Um, let's go to Mark 12. Mark 12. And this is the greatest commandment. Starting at verse 28, it says, One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So the traditional teaching is love God in the, on the, from the aspect or the perspective of outside of you. Love God from outside of you with all your mind, with all your heart, with all your strength. And then the second one says love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. See, that teaching is faulty. There's a problem there because most people know that if you don't love yourself first, you can never love anything else outside of you. How can you love God who you can't see and if you don't love the brother you can see? And the first brother is you. The first sister is you. You must love yourself first and foremost. That's why it says, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Lord is the one. The Lord is you. You are the God. You are the Lord they're talking about, the one. It says it's one. And you must love yourself. You must have high regard for yourself and everything about you. You must perceive yourself as divine, divinity, special. And that's not being cocky. That's not being uh, arrogant. Something wrong. See, the world has got your world mind has got you thinking that believing in yourself, loving yourself above all things, first is arrogant. It's not being humble. And you should go and look that word up, humble, 
humble, you know, the real meaning of humble is not a good meaning. Then it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. So that means you must love yourself with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. That's the only way you're going to be whole. There's only one way to wholeness. There's only one path to the truth, and that is to love yourself above all things. Because once you perfect the love within you, then you can perfect, then you can manifest that love towards others. Because this says second is this: love your neighbor as yourself. They jump from loving God to loving your neighbor. But say they have okay, love this person, love God, and then love my neighbor? What about me? No, because that scripture really is saying love the Lord is one. You, one, singular. Keep the eye single on yourself, perfecting the love inside of you. Because while you're watching yourself, while you're perfecting your love inside of you, guess what? Everything else falls into place. Then 32 says, well said, teacher, the man replied, you are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. I'll say it like this. God is one and there is no other but you. There is no one you must love more than yourself. Oh, that's selfish, Hakeem. You can't do that. There's a lot of people doing putting other people first putting, uh, not loving themselves properly, and this is why they run into problems in their relationships. Because if you love yourself properly, it won't allow you to be used and abused by other people. You'll be able to remove yourself from that. To love him with all your heart and with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifice. So it's saying that command is so important. It don't matter how many burnt offerings and sacrifices, how many self-sacrifices you do for other people, it doesn't matter. This recognizing the power of the love for yourself is the highest law there is for you. If you do not do that, you will definitely run into problems. I can attest to that in my own personal experience. Why do I allow certain things to happen to me? Why do I allow myself to become into bad situations? Because I did not show the proper love for myself. Because if you love yourself, you won't allow yourself to be in a situation where you will have major problems. So remember that. You are the first you come first. Then once you perfect that, fixing that within you, then you'll be able to love others. That's why it says love your neighbor as yourself. Then you will be able to manifest. You can't love someone without perfecting the love within yourself. You cannot perfect loving your neighbor, loving your, your husband, your wife, or any, anybody if you don't perfect that love for yourself. And that proper love for yourself, you will be able to stand up for yourself in situations where it's called for. 
So remember that. Then, um, let's see. I've read this before. And this is in Philippians. I've seen, I, I think I'll read it again. Um, let's see. This is going to, by the way, this is going to be a quick lesson tonight. And um, we're going to get on to the other part, and that's going to be quick. So get your pens out. Um, this is Philippians chapter 4. And this, I've said this, I've read this before. And starting at verse 8. Well, let's start, let's start at the top. Verse 4, final exhortation. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present, present, present your request to God, and the peace of God will transcend all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. So it's basically telling you, you don't have to be anxious about anything. Just get into prayer and petition. What is the petition? In Thanksgiving, you petition all of those things that you said you wanted to start out the year with and, and to accomplish it, you do that by way of prayer and petition and Thanksgiving. And you put it out there as if you already have it. And then it says the peace of God will transcend all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Then it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So it's saying whatever, basically this is saying, don't stop, get rid of the negative thinking. Get rid of the, am I going to make my goals this year? And if there's some goals you haven't achieved already, right, you have to ask yourself why. You've got to be accountable. Why am I not achieving the goals? Do I have, am I following what the scripture says? Am I thinking whatever is pure, whatever is right? What is that, you know, are you thinking excellent things according to the things that you say you want to accomplish? Or are you thinking things like, I don't know if I'm going to make it this year. That's not praiseworthy. That's not excellent. That's not pure. That's doubt. Man, I can't do it because, you know, my family not helping me. Oh, I can't do it because, man, I got so many other things to do. None of those things is pure. And if you're talking like that against your goals, don't expect to have for you to accomplish them. Until you start talking about your goals as if you already have accomplished them, then you will see that manifestation physically in this 3D realm of them actually happening. And they must happen first in the mind. They must become real in the mind first. Then... That projection of thought will present itself in this 3D reality. Must happen. I remember when I uh, was cutting hair professionally for regularly, 
I always had a hard time cutting ahead that I couldn't see the end result first. I'll say it again. I always had a hard time with cutting ahead if I couldn't visualize the end result first. Once I learned that science, that technique, that skill, that I must see the end result before I even cut it, that's when I became a very good barber. You know, when you first started out cutting hair, it's always rough because, you, you know, you, you haven't had the experience of cutting different types of hair. Here, you, you know, you... That's why in barbering school, I like the school I went to. He just he gave us live experience right from the start. You know, people would come into the school, they, they paid a cheaper price, and, you know, he just kept us cutting like we were cutting in a barbershop all day long, one after the other. That's how I learned. I learned on, you know, you know doing it practical experience. And even then, it's a little kind of going off to the side. Even then, I was probably one of the top five barbers in barbering school. I was pretty good. But then when I got into the professional setting, into where people who have been doing it a lot longer than my, I did, I realized I was top five in, in a school setting, but I was at the bottom in a professional setting. So what happened, What had to happen? I had to step it up. I had to... I had to I had to do what the scripture says. I had to renew my mind and say to myself, "Well, I was good over here in this pond, but this this lake, this river is a whole lot bigger and vast with people with many years of experience, with different techniques, little little things that you can't learn in school amongst others who don't have as much experience as you do." Oh, I had to step it up real fast. But I thought what was good and acceptable in a bar, a school setting was not good and acceptable in a professional setting. And I, I'm going to apply it to some of you. What was good and acceptable in your finances some years ago should not be good and acceptable now. If you're one of those people that, you know, comfortable with having to make sure you check your accounts before you do anything, then that means you need to up your, your, your game. You need to up your money game. What was good and acceptable with your finances? What was good and acceptable in your relationships? All of those years ago, you, you, you're a new person. You're a new man, woman. You should be elevating. You should never become complacent with, oh, I'm good. I don't have to do much more. I'm, I, I don't have to really work hard to get more money. I'm good like, like this. Okay, people who say that will do the same thing for the rest of their life. Is that the life you want to lead? Is that the life you want to leave, just being okay? I know I got a vision in mind of where I want, how I want to, things that I want to accomplish and achieve that I want to pass on when, when it's 
my time for this body to go. And I know right now I'm not there yet. I'm there in my mind. But, you know, that's a very hard thing to hold on to if you are connected with anyone that don't have that same vision. Because people's visions, if they have a lower vision on how they want to see things, their vision has a tendency to pull you in that direction. You got to be careful. You got to be vigilant. That's where it goes back to that scripture. That, that scripture I read earlier. Loving yourself with your whole mind, with your whole strength, because that's what it's going to take for you not to go in the direction of someone else's vision. See, you might have in mind that you want a mansion. Uh, uh, you want to be a billionaire. But the people you're around, you're associating, they just want to just make enough to you know, get by. They're okay with that. You can't hang out with that. And that's not loving yourself. You could talk to them from a distance, but you, cannot, you can't be in the presence of mindsets that's not going in the direction you're going to for too long or you will stall out. Because what's going to happen is the battle of wills is going to happen. You wanting more for yourself, and they'll say things like, why do you need a big house like that? Why do you need so much money? They'll say things, and then those now those are innocent questions. They seem to be innocent, but they can be deadly, very devastating to your desires and where you're going. No, not much going. Let me repeat that. Those statements can be very devastating to your higher desires. Your 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 transcending, your ascending to higher levels of consciousness. Those things can hurt your goals when you just hear those statements. And when you hear those statements, you should not even respond to it. You should not even entertain the answer to that. Because even if you answered that question, someone says, why do you need so much? Why do you need this big, this, this so much? You're telling them, you know, you're trying to share where you're going, and that's another thing. You shouldn't be sharing it anyway. And they say that to you. Why do you need that? See, that question says one thing about them, that they don't, they don't have the, the, the capacity or the desire or they don't have the belief in themselves to have something like that. So they'll say to you, why do you need it? Why do you want that? Why? Because... It's, that's far, that, having the idea of having all that is foreign to them. But it's not foreign to you. It's almost like Christ was, was doing his thing, and they say, yeah, your brothers, your sisters, they're all outside. They say, hey, my family is those who do the will of my father. Your family are the ones who are in the same mindset as you, who is doing the will 
of the mastermind, the one you, your mastermind, who was in that same energy field. And if you get outside of that energy field, or you try to take your energy field and mix it with the energy field of people who don't have the capacity to to dream big, to think big, and want big, or want more, that's going to disrupt and slow you down. Almost guaranteed. You you have to mentally disown people. Meaning, what I mean by disown, you have to mentally disconnect them and say, Father, <laughs> they not know what they do. Forgive them. You have to say things like that. They don't know. It's nothing to judge them and look down at. They're just not where, where you want to be. You want to be someone else. It's okay for you to be where you want to go, and it's okay for them to be where they want to go. You should not be wanting to do battle. Hey, you should want more. No, 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 no. Let them want as much as they want. Let them have it. I put a quote on Facebook today. It's a very powerful quote. And it says this. See if I can pull it up. Um, where, uh, how do I? You know, I gotta learn this tag on Facebook because sometimes I don't. I don't know how to go find my own post. Um, it says never underestimate, underestimate the difficulty of changing false beliefs by facts. Henry Vysotsky. That has a few meanings. See, it is a fact that. What you put into your mind, you will eventually see. What you feed your mind, you will actually see the results of that. What you think about yourself, what you believe about yourself, what you will see it. You are getting everything that you asked for in your consciousness. So whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, I have to constantly remind myself of those things. Constantly, daily, hourly. Minutes by minute, I got to remind, hey, this, this is your experience. This is your film. This is your, the story of your life. You are the orchestrator, the perpetrator, the administrator, the executor of all that you see and you desire. And that is tough to deal with, I know, because I, I have to remind myself that that's it. It's me. It's me, O oh Lord. I'm the Lord. I'm the one. The Lord is one. It's me. So there you have it. Love yourself first. Perfect that love in yourself. And that, that's a, hey, listen, that's a lifetime of work. So by you perfecting the love on yourself, you won't even have time to look at anybody else. And if you're looking at somebody else, that means you're not perfecting your love in yourself. If you can see what's going on with somebody else, that means you have stopped looking at yourself. Stop, stop, stop. All right, peace, everybody. Let's see who out there. Corinne, happy Tuesday. Uh, C. King Bay says, peace, everyone. Asim Shabazz says, rise and shine, family and friends. Yazid Yebay says peace. Child of God says like and share. Yes, please like and share. 
just going to have some low views. They're going to throttle these views down for real. <laughs> what I'm about to show you all today. I've talked about this a million times, but I'm going to be a little more pointed. Greg Bunn, peace, peace, what, G-Money. Greg Paul says, that's, dude, that's why I have been having issues. Yeah. All issues always lead to one road, back to you. Back to you. All issues. And I'm glad you realized that. I remember I listened to a recording of Reverend. He said, you will always catch hell in some, something you need to have already moved on from. Yes. And that's a hard thing. That's a hard thing to realize. Get in this thing. Let's get in. Let's share the screen. Let's talk about this topic. First, I'm going to read directly from IRS.gov what they say about W-4 forms. And see, the problem is people, your, your employer and other people are reading this stuff on the IRS general information website. And general information is not law. It's not law. Do y'all understand a lot of the stuff you're following, a lot of stuff you believe in, most of it is not, for the most part, it's not law. It's assumptions of law. Presumptions. Hearsay. Street logic. And this is why it's so easy to fool people with different little techniques. Because we, they are programmed, I was programmed, to believe what people say about something instead of researching and digging deep for myself. There it is. Right there. It's a general information. When you hot, this is them talking to the employer. This is why the employer won't listen to you because they're reading this nonsense. They're not reading the law because they're not quoting one law. You will not see one law mentioned in here. Maybe this is a tax regulation, this, blah, blah, blah. Regulations are not law. They're not codified. Regulations, let me help you understand something. Regulations are not law. Anything, and here's another thing, anything you have to sign and put your signature and sign under penalty of perjury is voluntary. No one can force you into a contract without your consent. But they have been getting your consent by way of, what's the word I want to use? I wouldn't say fraud. Fraud is, would be they intentionally defrauded you. These people really believe that, so it's not fraud. But they've been giving, getting you a consent by way of being bullied and intimidating into believing that you had to fill out this form. When you hire an employee, you must have the employee complete. See what I'm saying? When you hire an employee, you must have an employee complete form W-4 employees withholding certificate. Form W-4 tells you as the employer, the employee's filing stats, multiple job adjustments, amount of credits, amount of other income, amount of deductions, and any additional amount to withhold from each paycheck to use to compute the amount of federal income tax and deduct and withhold from the employee's pay. 
If an employee fails to give you a properly completed Form W-4, you must withhold federal income tax from his or her wages as if he or she was single or married, filing separately with no other entries on Step 234 of the Form W-4. This means that a single file of standard deduction with no other entries will be considered in determining withholding. So if you don't give them what they want, they're going to do that. They're going to bully you and take you. And the IRS is saying that this is what the employer must do. Now, when you go to get a job, they have you fill out a W-9 form, right? What is the W-9 form, that's one of the forms you fill out, right? This is the W-9, Request for Taxpayer Identification Number Certification. And in... And this is what this is this is the hook. This is what, what hooks you. And why they treat you with must enforcing you. Because you all know that US persons don't have any rights. They just have privileges. Y'all know this, right? Let's uh let me share the screen again. Stop sharing. This this one per this 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 form right here is is very blatant in how they handle you. You fill all this out. They want you to put your social on there, right? And then they say, under penalties of perjury, I certify. Look at line three. I am a U.S. citizen or other person defined below. And then it says, signature of U.S. person. I told y'all before that y'all can do a substitute W-9. Y'all can create one. That's allowable. So I suggest you create one that favors your true nationality. Because if you fill this form out, you're telling them you're a U.S. US person. You notice it says U.S. person or U.S. citizen. It does not say citizen of the United States. Those are two different statuses I have you know. Because the IRS code only refers to U.S. citizens, U.S. persons, defined below. And I think they define it, right? The definition of a U.S. person, right here. An individual who is a U.S. citizen or a U.S. resident alien. A partnership, corporation, company, or association, a creator, or organized in the United States, or under the laws of the United States, in a state other than a foreign estate. See, they just gave you answers on how to structure yourself right here. A domestic trust. So let, let's talk about that domestic trust. There's people telling y'all to go set up these express trusts and then they go file it down at the corner. County, I already told y'all that if you file that thing, it automatically becomes a U.S. person. It automatically. You have created a U.S. person. Okay? Now, if I were you and you want to file it, you know, want to kind of get it on the record, I would file it like, oh, you know, get your power of attorney on record, number one. Not just a typical one. The, the one I show in the membership. Um, but I will file that 
and make it make it clear that it is a foreign trust in the certificate of trust. I would make that clear. I would I would put that in my paperwork. See, it says, what is a U.S. person in a state other than a foreign state? That's another one. I know y'all have, you know, got some of y'all using their state numbers. Then it says a partnership, corporation, company, or association created or organized in the United States. But if you, or associate organized, but if you create in a church something that's ordained and created under your God, that is foreign. That, that's not domestic. And it's not organized in the United States. It's organized under the authority of whatever religion you believe in. And it's all, see, the definition of says for federal tax purpose, for federal tax purpose. You say it again, for federal tax purposes. This is what they define for, for federal, federal tax. This is, this is the jurisdiction of it. It's for specifically for this. So when you're signing this form, you're signing it for federal tax purposes. I suggest you read the rest of this. All right, let's let's go back to where I was at. Um what was it? That one. Employee may want to change the entries on the form W for for any number of reasons when his or her personal or financial situation changes. If you receive a revised form W four from an employee, you must put it into effect no later than the start of the first payroll period, ending on the on or after the thirtieth day from the date you received the revised form W four. You must honor the request unless the situation described below in the section invalid form W four. And locking letters apply, right? So they're saying they can revise it. You can revise the W-4. But we're not talking about revise. We're talking about how, how do you terminate that agreement? Then they go on and on about more about the W-4. I just want to give you a preview of that. Then they talk about locking letters. Lock, the IRS uses information reported on Form W-2 wage and tax statement to identify employees with withholding compliance problems. In some cases where a serious under-withholding problem is found to exist for a particular employee, the IRS may issue a notice commonly referred to as a lock-in letter. Do you specify and follow status, multiple job adjustments, and maximum amount of credit deductions permitted for specific employee for purposes of calculating the requirement withholding? And they say C publication they want you to read this, read their publication. They don't tell you to go read the law. The IRS will provide the employee with an opportunity to speak to termination before you adjust withholding based on the locking letter. So usually when people get that, they give them time to dispute that. So people who get that don't, and they're still going to fact, they haven't properly disputed it. And then they'll tell you, Right here, after locking letter takes place, you must just disregard any form W four that results in less than tax withheld. You must they, see they're, they're writing this whole paragraph like that's law. 
That's law, and they're not quoting anything that comes from the law. Nothing. Now, let's see what the law says. Let's see what the law says. See, when someone says you got to do something, they need to be telling you what the law says. And unfortunately, they don't do that in most cases. They don't. I'm going to read this. It's going to show you how to how to get your agreement going. It's going to show you how to get rid of it. It's very simple, right here in the law. That's why I said this is going to be short. Voluntary withholding agreements. Employer, employee agreement. Employer and his employer may enter into an agreement under Section 3402P3A. You know, when I was reading the other section, they never referred to this. Why? Because they know if they referred to this, you would read this, and you would see, wait a minute, hold up, how is this saying this, and this is saying something different? They never, how you know something needs to be further researched is when they don't refer to the law that supports their, their statements. When they don't give you the, the, the specific law. Okay. An employer, employee and his employer may enter into an agreement under Section 3402P3A to provide for the withholding of income tax upon payments of amounts described in Paragraph B1 of Section 31, 3401A-3 made after December 31st, 1970. So this, this has been in, in, in play for a long time. An agreement may be entered into under this section only with respect to the amounts which are includable in the gross income of the employee under Section 61 and must be applicable to all such amounts paid by the employer to the employee. The amount to be withheld pursuant to an agreement under Section 3402P3A shall be determined under the rules contained in Section 3402 and the regulations thereunder. See Section 34. One three four five C dash one concerning agreements to have more than twenty percent federal tax withheld from eligible rollover distribution within the meaning of section two. And section B gives you the duration, form and duration of the employee employer employee agreement. Section one one except as provided in subdivision two in this paragraph subparagraph the employee who desires who desires to enter into an agreement under Section 3402P3A shall furnish his employer with a Form W-4 withholding exemption certificate. Isn't that what I just read? I was reading on. Isn't that what I was? Employee withholding certificate, Form W-4. Isn't that what I just read? What they were talking about, right? And shall first employ with Form W-4 withholding exemption certificate executed in accordance with the provisions of Section 3402F and of regulations thereunder, meaning these regulations. The furnishing of such Form W-4 shall constitute a request. The employee is requesting, hey, employer, I'm asking you to take some money and give it off to the federal government. That's what I'm asking you to do. If I fill this form out, it's a request, not a demand. It's a request. In the case of an employee who desires to enter an agreement under Section 3402P3A with his employer, if the employee performs services in addition to those 
to be subject of the agreement, the remuneration of which is subject to mandatory income tax withholding by such employer, if the employee wishes to specify that agreement, terminate on a specific date. It says, see, here it is. It's starting to tell you how to terminate it. If the employee wishes to specify the agreement terminated on a specific date, the employee shall first employ with a request for withholding, which shall be signed by the employee and shall contain, it's telling you, the name, address, social security number of the employee making the request, the name and address of the employer, a statement that the employer desires withholding a federal income tax. You must have a formal statement to go along with the W-4 and applicable of qualified state individual income tax and so on and so forth. If the employer desires agreement to terminate on a specific date, the date of termination of the agreement. So you must give an agree, a, a, a statement when you want it to start, and you can tell them when it needs to stop. Then it says, if accepted by the employer as provided in subdivision three of the subparagraph, the request shall be attached to and constitute part of the employee's form W-4. So you must have a statement attached to this W-4. An employee who furnishes his employer request for withholding under this subdivision shall also furnish such employer with Form W-4 if such employee does not already have Form W-4 in effect with such employer. No request for withholding under Section 3402 P3A shall be effective as an agreement between employer and employer until the employer accepts the request by commencing to withhold from the amounts with respect to which the request was made. Now, let's keep going. Section 2. An agreement under Section 3402P3A shall be effective for such period as the employer and employee mutually agree upon. So you could, you could y'all mutually agree. However, either the, either the employer or the employee, here it is. This is, this is telling you how to terminate it. However, the employee or employee may terminate the agreement prior to the end of such period by furnishing a signed written notice to the other. So it's saying you must officially give the employer written notice, if you got one in place, to terminate it. Unless the employee employee agreed to an earlier termination date, the notice shall be effective with respect to the first payment of an amount in respect of which the agreement is in effect, which is made on the on or after the first status determination date. That occurs at least 30 days after the date on which the notice is furnished. If the employee executes a new form through the recourse upon which agreement under Section 3402 P3A is based shall be attached to and constitute a part of such new form W4. So you simply, it just says, simply give them written notice. Now, if I was to, if I was in that position where I wanted to terminate my W-4, I would write a notice pursuant to 26 CFR, blah, 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 section A, uh, section 2, and I, I would, I would, I will, would copy and paste exactly what this says in there. Now, if they give you slack, you have remedy. You know you can go to the uh, file grievances with the labor board. 
You can file grievances with the EEOC on these things. And tell them, hey, they give me, they taking my money, and I'm following the law says this. Get some third party involved. Then this is just hints, hints, hints. Do I need me to read that again? It says simply just write, give them notice, a statement saying I need this to stop. Pursuant to this, I have revoked my request for money to be taken out. You just follow what the rules say. There's always a way out. Now, I will. I tell you, they're going to give you a hard time for the most part because they're so used to doing it this other way that they have no idea, no other way of not doing it. I know people that do hiring. I know people that do uh what you call uh, human resources, and they say they can't even finish the hiring process unless that form is filled out. Isn't that something? It's almost like when you go and try to say, hey, I need y'all to correct the all caps in my system. Their systems lock them out from changing the caps. Why is that? Why can't they put it in upper and lower or all caps? Why is it locked out? Isn't that an interesting question? That they're wanting to write things that defy all of the how English language is supposed to be written. Why would I? This is not a ploy. A child support is not. This is a question here. Child support is not an employer-employee agreement. So I don't know if that would work. Just simply writing a letter to terminate it. No, a child support is usually written by court order. The only way to get rid of a court order is to get that court order voided or rescinded. No, it's not that easy. No, it doesn't. Not the same principle. All right, man. I, I showed y'all. I could guarantee you. This video ain't going to be monetized because they're going to say, no, not ad suitability. Like most of my videos have ads. I can be talking about, I, I, y'all, y'all see me talking strictly about spiritual things in the first major part of the thing, and then I talk about the other stuff, and they'll put ad suitability on me. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, that's just, that's what happens when you're on these platforms. Anyway, there you have it. Like, subscribe on the channel, please. Thank you. Like and subscribe. And like and share. Because I just, I just read the rules. All I did was read the rules of this thing and showed y'all how to get rid of it. I, I just was nothing special. It was right there in front of you the whole time. Everybody come with these. I ain't even gonna put that up there. This way you have it. You can wa. This is what someone said they would do. I would. Now here's my question. You would, so that means you never tried them for to see how that worked out. You know I'm not a man about theories. Um, 
Let us know when you do that, how that works. <laughs> how about you follow the direction? Why not just complete the W-4 and attach the writing with the termination date on it just so the employer can complete the process? I mean, you can do that and see what happens. But I told you, first of all, this is an agreement. You don't have to fill it out in the first place. But if this is for most people already filled it out. I'm just showing you how to terminate it. Most people who got a job already filled it out is in there. Yeah. See? You see this? I see. see I knew that question. You never, you never, yeah, we need theories, facts, someone who that would actually work. Um, I mean, that's a good idea if you were new and you fill it out and then you put your termination date. But most people don't know that, that they can put a termination date. And I can tell you, I can guarantee there will be some pushback on that because then they will default to what I read in the beginning. If they don't give you a property, want proper, they done told them, plus why I read that in the beginning. If you don't give them a proper form, they're going to try to withhold that the regular rate, the highest rate possible. Because they're reading general information. They're not reading the law. That's what they're going by. To them, this the general information in the tax handouts and the tax booklets is law to them. So you're going to have to properly educate them on that one. I've known many people who have gone after this. And the problem starts with the W-9, designating yourself as a U.S. citizen when you fill that form out. That's where the problem starts. You got to fix that. That form need to be rescinded and, or, and, and put in something that designates your true nationality. It's very simple. If you really, I told you, you have to do a substitute W-9. It's very simple what you can do. Um, all right, it's eight twelve. With that being said, I, I think I, I, I that's let me see. This is on block talk. Oh, somebody's online, but they not. They don't have their hand up. If you if y'all want to talk to me, have a question, and want to go live, there's a number there. I'll take a few questions before I get off. There's a number five six three nine 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 three six one five. Share your experiences and be. First of all, let me let me give you all for one. I'm t- I'm, I have been tolerating on some calls, people coming up giving me theories about what they did and all that. Please don't don't do that tonight or any other night after this. Because now, I I'm really gonna uh, strongly put you on blast. Okay, I let a couple of dudes came on with that before, and I let them get away with that. I'm not letting y'all get away with that nonsense anymore trying to teach theory. Don't come on my platform trying to teach your theory. Come on here and talk facts, something you have done and seen real results, please, okay? Not giving y'all ear time for nonsense anymore. Y'all got something to say? Press 1. Say it in the chat. Say it in the chat. 
I'm waiting. Well, y'all want to hear some Reverend Lover? I can't play all of Reverend Ike. I can't. I'm going to start the music. And once I start the music, I'm going to let it play a little bit. <laughs> and then if y'all ain't, y'all, ain't, y'all ain't got nothing to say, I'm going to move on and call it a night. It is. It's the exit music. I'm I'm waiting. I'm giving y'all the time to get y'all thoughts together. Maybe I'll practice. I'm working on this song. from the top. <laughs> Let me stop from the top. I'm playing around now. Somebody said appreciate the information. The show, thanks. I'm still waiting. I'm a, I'm I'm gonna get this this song right before I go. We turn it. All right. 
right, y'all, that's it. I've been practicing this other song so much that I kind of got this the other song I was working on. working on that piece. Learning to show, learning some music is work, man. Gotta practice it every day. Hey, peace, Sean. Uh, Big Sean. Thanks. Thanks. It's a good show. Feel like it's about to be a showdown in the Wild West. Huh? Maybe. I don't know. Alright, y'all. With that being said, I played a little guitar. It wasn't all that great. Um... I gotta get you know, I gotta psych my mind out. But anyway, peace, prosperity, and extreme wealth. You know, I didn't even say that in a chat today. I gotta I can't leave that. I can't leave here with that. Yeah, I gotta I gotta do my usual greeting. I didn't do that. Alright. But there you have it. Y'all know what to do. Execute, but don't think the road is gonna be easy trying to get out of that W four. All right, with that being said, I am out. I am. This is Hindsight Radio. I represent the information station changing the nation. All right, there you go.